Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Perspective. I'm your host, Ethan Michael, and alongside me is my special co-host for the evening, a oh. Mr. Kenneth Leonard. How I'm are you? Special. I'm a special co-host. Oh, well, stop it. You were one of the first people to reach out to me, so you are very oh, special. Well, I was just uh, slightly ahead of the curve of seeing that something good was happening over here. So, oh. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know what I would do without you, man. You've been a, a, a great asset to me, and I uh, am appreciative of having you <laughs> in my life. Well, I, I appreciate you, too. I think without me, you'd, you'd have a great channel with lots of really talented and smart people. Um, so, <laughs> I'm just, I just <laughs> Smart people. That's about it. <laughs> well, you know, same, same. Uh, anyways, I'm pretty excited to bring our uh, first caller on uh, in just a moment. Uh, his name's Axel. He's uh, written a few books. Uh, he reached out through me on Facebook, and uh, he wants to talk about psychics. Are you ready? I, yeah. Sweet. Let's do this. All right. Axel, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. All right. You are on with Kenneth and Ethan. How's it going today? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I understand you want to talk about psychics. Yes. Uh, this is a topic I studied in depth. I have a book called Project Stargate and Remote Viewing Technology, which is a compilation of the CIA's files on psychic spying. Uh, the, project, uh, the Stargate project went on in the 70s and 80s into the early 90s, and it studied uh, psi phenomenon and psychic abilities uh, for, uh, you know, use to military applications. And if you've seen The Men Who Stare at Goats, that's kind of a funny movie about the topic. A have you seen that? I have yes. not. Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, Yeah, it's a George okay. Clooney movie. And, oh. uh, and he's dreamy, so I watch everything that he makes. Um, <laughs> he is dreamy. <laughs> Yeah, and of course they, uh, you know, make fun of it and stuff, which is fine. It's a funny movie, but you know, if you look at the, uh, you know, studies, it's pretty compelling, in in my opinion. And um, uh, yeah, I think you know they they don't know exactly what's happening, but um, the probability against chance, uh, it's been you know proven in laboratory experiments uh, and uh, uh, universities. Uh, all around the U.S., that uh, you know, it's greater than the uh, uh, the probability of chance. Uh, a lot of the times, when you say you said, and I may have misheard you, but I thought, okay, you said they don't know what's happening, but that whatever it is that's happening is occurring at a greater probability than than chance. Is that accurate? Right. Um, right. What do you do? You have any of those numbers handy? What those what those numbers look like? Um, well, in Russell Targ's book, uh, The Reality of ESP, and he was one of the main, uh, he wasn't really a psychic in the program, but he okay. was one of the main facilita uh, facilitators at SRI, um, Stanford uh, Research Institute, where a lot of this went on. And uh, in his book, he talks about how um, uh, you've heard the claim that uh, from the National Institutes of Health, they claim that aspirin lowers the risk of heart attacks. Have you heard of that? I've heard, I've heard this. Yes. So he makes the point that the double blind experiments, which he talks about in these books, uh, have statistical probabilities against chance that are 10 times higher than the threshold 
that the National Institutes of Health used to determine that aspirin lowers the risk of heart attacks. So it's unreasonable to deny the results of these double-blind experiments and then also accept the evidence that aspirin prevents heart attacks because, you know, the probability against chance was 10 times higher in, in these. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, you know, specific uh, experiments. I think it's beyond the scope of this talk, but if you search uh, the CIA's reading room, if you just search Project Stargate, there's a bunch. Um, so there's I'm one called an assessment with, of evidence for psychic functioning. Uh, I know is, the one you sent me, uh, Axel, and I, I did read through that. And one of the things I found, though, is that the hit rate only had a max of 37%, um, which seems to be less than a guess rate. It seems to be what? Less than like a, ch uh, a guess rate, chance, no better than chance. Well, um, I think, you know, it's not, I, I've heard it said that, uh, you know, the, uh, the results are what, what you would call like small or medium scale, like uh, better than chance. It's not like, you know, mind blowing better than chance, but it's still something's going on. And if you, you know, read the conclusion of that paper, uh, you know, it reads that it's clear to the author that, that anomalous cognition, uh, which is more of the scientific uh, term for anomalous cognition is possible and has been demonstrated. Um, uh, it, it has been replicated in a number of forms across laboratories and cultures, and you can, you can look out all this up yourself. Uh, I mean, there's a, I mean, it's extensive uh, the amount of studies that have been, been done on this. I would ask you um, if if anomalous if anomalous cognition is something that happens at a rate that is roughly equivalent to to chance. How would we distinguish between anomalous cognition and lucky guesses? Um, well, these experiments, you know, are designed to, um, you know, uh, determine, you know, the difference between those. And um, of course, there is going to be some chance, but when you keep seeing it being, you know, a little bit better than chance, uh, again and again. Um, it, it shows that something's happening. And again, nobody claims to know what exactly is happening, but that something unusual is happening. So if, like, if we grant uh, something unusual is happening, they're you know, uncertain of, of what specifically is, is happening, wouldn't the more reasonable be con conclusion be, you know, I'm not sure what's going on here and we need to investigate it more? Yes, and that's what science is about. And I think anybody who's researching remote viewing is saying exactly that. Um, the problem is professional skeptics scoff at published, published research without even looking at it. And uh, few have taken the time to look at it seriously. And uh, I mean, they've already decided that it's impossible, so it's not worth their time. And uh, I mean, it, it takes a lot of time to dig into, really. And if you're not really, if you've already decided that physical reality is all there is and it's impossible, then you're not going to do the work. I mean, I can tell you, while I am a skeptical person, I, I definitely haven't decided that it's impossible. Um, you know, I, I, I just, um, I'm having my trouble. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I just inhaled. <coughs> 
I just inhaled my spit. My bad. <laughs> um, so I, I'm having trouble getting to to the conclusion that uh, that psychics are real. And um, could you perhaps provide some of these studies, something that we can dive into um, and review? Sure. Um, let's see. There is the one I listed. Uh, I have some saved here. Um, well, in the interest of having a, a productive conversation here, I'm not sure how useful that's going to be because we're not going to be able to read studies in real time and engage on those points. But I would ask if um, if the government has a, or had a, a vested interest in establishing that psychic phenomena was a real thing. Um, I, I, I'm curious why it is that America still invest so much money in, in, you know, surveillance, why, if remote viewing is, is a legitimate thing, um, why it is that there weren't psychics, uh, you know, warning us about the coronavirus ahead of time. Um, why it is that we get caught off guard with things? Um, it seems like if, if project Stargate and my, my impression of that research from the little bit that I've looked, uh, looked into it is that the researchers were pretty split on whether the, the results, um, were, uh, greater than chance. Um, I'm just wondering why it isn't, uh, why isn't it something that everybody is just aware of and recognizes as part of our public life and, and national defense strategy? Well, I think, I think that, oh, sorry, I'm getting some feedback here. <laughs> um, can you hear us? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Oh, okay. It's good now. I think it's like a career, uh, death blow. You know, it's a, uh, most people are, afraid of ridicule uh, and looking into these things. So I think that's why it's not more uh, accepted now. And, but I, I do think it's still going on. And even in the government literature, they admit that this isn't something that you should rely on a hundred percent. This should be a complimentary thing, you know, in war. And uh, I, I do believe they're probably still using it. Um, or maybe they're just sleeping on it. You know, uh, the government does a lot of stupid things. Why do you think people are, 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 you know, scared to accept it? I mean, I would think if this is a reality, you know, it would turn science on its head and we'd all be, you know, pretty open to it. I mean, I can tell you if there, if psychic phenomenon is real, uh, I am open to it. I would love it. Uh, Same. You know. Yeah. If I had the, if I had the choice between being, you know, sort of laughed at publicly or having the Powerball numbers, I would want the Powerball numbers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Laugh at me all you uh, want. Hey. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, that's that's wonderful. And the world needs more people like you. But there are a lot of people in universities who have careers to, to defend. Um, you know, they're afraid of, you know, losing their job or, you know, they've got a lot writing on, you know, uh physical reality is all there is and this can't be possible. Um, I mean, maybe they've written stuff to the contrary. They I mean, it's going against the grain, really. What what would change for for the researchers or for for the skeptics if psychic phenomena even even if psychic phenomena was demonstrated to be a, a legitimate and valid thing um, we wouldn't know anything about the causation we would we would just have a lot more questions and and I think the researcher would would, would get to work researching um, I I find it I don't know I just the implications of, of psychic phenomena are so consequential it's it's hard to believe that that people would suppress that um i think i think scientists would want to know about about such things yeah i mean i think they, they would not only find it fascinating they'd wanting wanting to be investigated uh continually 
um, mm. especially because it could be, a, you know, it could be used as a tool to improve our country overall. Uh, would you agree with that? I, I would agree. Yeah. And I think it should be, but you know, these things take time, uh, money investment, and you just have to have people willing to get into it. I mean, it seems like, it seems like if we had the capacity to tap into psychic individuals, um, so many lives could be saved. Um, it sounds to me like, like what you're talking about is the suppression of this potentially life-saving knowledge by a group of, of interested individuals who essentially profit from the psychic being uh, marginalized or otherwise um, rejected. Is that accurate? Uh, that could be, but I think it's more just ignorance. Um, people aren't really excited about this and uh, it just takes people being excited and into it and inspired. Um, and there are some people like that, but um, I, I think as we go on it, you know, it might become more in vogue and more uh, people might start using it more. Uh, I don't want to make another point of this. Uh, there's this one field of study called anomalous anticipatory activity where they show you a bunch of images and uh, suddenly an image will flash that's emotionally distressing. And again and again, they've demonstrated that people, their emotional response in these EEGs, uh, I forget exactly how they measure it, but they anticipate the uh, emotionally distressing image before it happens um, again and again, which is pretty interesting. That's anomalous anticipatory activity. If you look that up, there's a bunch of studies on that. They and did you say they anticipate it before it happens? And how right. how, how do they right. go about anticipating? So the emotional response, um, the emotionally distressing image can be detected before it actually flashes. And uh, yeah, like you, you can look that up if you Google. Like I said, anomalous anticipatory activity. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on that. It's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, another point is that, like, we've all kind of had psychic hunches. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've had the experience where, you know, I feel like somebody's staring at you. And you turn around, and sure enough, somebody's staring at you. Or you're thinking about somebody, and they call you, or they text you. Uh, you know, my girlfriend and I, sometimes we don't even have to say things, you know, like we, we're going to say the same thing, you know, um, quite often. So what about, uh, uh, let me ask you this. Do you keep track uh, of the misses or do you only keep track of the hits? Because like, for example, there are plenty of times when, you know, just the other day I was thinking about my ex, and, you know, she called me five minutes later, but throughout the day, I think about a lot of people and I don't right. hear from them. So are, are, are you factoring in the times you think about people and they don't call you and then comparing them to the times that they do? Uh, no, I admit I have not done that. And that's a good point. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of that. And, uh, and again, I'll admit that there's plenty of fraud in this field and there's pr plenty of fraudulent psychics and, um, you know, cold readers and stuff. But, you know, cold readers don't do the same thing really as, uh, you know, remote viewers who can um, like draw out a target location uh, pretty accurately. 
uh, just recently, a friend of a friend was missing and um, actually reached out to some remote viewing groups on Facebook and talked to this guy who I didn't tell him anything about the missing person, uh, just that someone was missing. And he went ahead and drew out, like he did whatever he does to remote view. And he sent me a bunch of images and he did all, all this for free, by the way. He's not, you know, making any money off this. Um, and sure enough, like he drew, like nothing, none of the, none of it was conclusive. And unfortunately the guy um, died before he was found, but he drew a picture, a face that looked a lot like this guy. And he drew all these little details that um, reflected this guy's personality and uh, all these things about um, that reflected the community he was involved in. It was pretty impressive to me. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, uh, police departments and stuff have used uh, psychics uh, successfully. Um, I'm kind of biased, you know. I grew up on unsolved mysteries, of course. Have, have you ever have you ever heard of something called the Texas Sharpshooter fallacy? No. So the idea is that you've got this this sharpshooter. And he shoots at the wall of a barn, and the bullets are sprayed all over the place. And he goes up to a couple bullets that are close together, and he draws a bullseye around him. And then someone walking by can look at that and go, man, whoever hit that bullseye, that's, that's a, that's a good shot right there. Mm -hmm. This, this is very much like, like what it sounds to me like you're describing with the world of psychics. Um, what Ethan asked about, you know, there's, there's a tendency, this happens with psychics. This happens with uh, often with religious believers and, and intercessory prayer. Um, we have a tendency to, you know, keep track of the hits and lose track of the, of the misses. You know, um, what you said about having a moment where you feel like someone might be watching you and you look and sure enough, there's the, the creepy guy staring at you. You know, I think we've all been there, but I, I think we've all also had that feeling and then looked and there's nobody. Um, it's I think the last words that you said about about being biased um, are a thing that we should all be super sensitive to. Um, I mean, you know, the I don't have any any objection in principle to psychic phenomena being a, a real thing. But um, in my experience, the evidence for it is, is, is pretty bad. And most of the reasons that people give for accepting psychic phenomena tend to be examples of, of cognitive traps, uh, frankly. Okay. Well, at least I can admit that I'm biased. Uh, everybody's biased. Of course. We uh, all have you act bias. like you, you're not, but you definitely are. I, I uh, have you looked at how much? How many of the studies have you actually looked at in Pro Project Stargate? With regards to Project Stargate, um, I read the beginning of the uh, article that you sent to Ethan. Um, found several problems with the methodology and the reasoning that was being used. It was exactly what I'm describing with counting the hits and not keeping track of the misses. Um, and then I. Googled the author of the study, um, went to the Wikipedia page, saw that she was one of two primary researchers on the project and that the other primary researcher disagreed with her about their findings. So I read a bit about that, um, looked a little bit more at Project Stargate and the conclusion that I, that I arrived at um, was that this is a you know, declassified document, essentially 
the CIA owning up to researching something that didn't really go anywhere. Okay, so one, you looked at one study? Well, just the one that you sent, yeah. Correct. I would assume that you'd send your best evidence if you're making a claim for something like psychic phenomena. If you've got something better, I, I, I'd be happy to look at it. All right, yeah, I, I've got a whole list. And again, it's beyond the scope of this, but uh, actually I'm writing a, I'll write a, a blog article with uh, a bunch of these on, um, I have a website called Strange Tales Weekly uh, where we talk about strange tales. So, and and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll own up. I'll own up. I am I am super duper hardcore biased in that I want to believe as many true things and as few false things as possible. And as far as I can tell, the way to go about doing that is to be skeptical. Um, I don't know of any better way to 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 fit that bias uh, that I I like to live my life by. Um, if you know of a better way, um, I'm I'm all ears. But uh, I, I do have a bias towards skepticism. Fine, but professional skeptics, again, scoff at published research without even looking at it. So, no, they don't. No, they don't. Hold on. Ethan, I got I to gotta say, no, they don't. Uh, a skeptic will look at the research because a skeptic wants to believe as many true things and as few false things as possible. So they will want to look at the research. Um, if they don't want to look at the research, by definition, they're not skeptics. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious what a professional skeptic is, but um, I mean, I'd like to be one. Uh, that being said, I mean, for example, I may be biased in the sense that um, I'm less likely to believe a supernatural claim. Um, however, at the same time, you know, when you sent me that article, I went through it and read it. And um, I, I didn't particularly because they, one, could only refer, they could only go up to a 37% success rate. And that was quite alarming. Uh, and then additionally, they tried referencing, is it, pr correct me if I'm saying this wrong, Kenneth, prima fascia? Prima fascia evidence. Prima fascia. And essentially stated that unless you can prove it's not a psychic, then it is. And I, I didn't find that to be a very convincing argument. Yeah, there was no way, there was no way in that research to distinguish between a positive hit and a lucky guess. And a great example of a professional skeptic would be James Randi, who for many years, the James Randi Foundation had a million dollar cash prize for anyone who could demonstrate psychic phenomena as being a real thing. And no one claimed it. People tried, but they never they were never able to claim it. Axel, are you familiar with the James Randi Educational Foundation? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, have you? Uh, uh, I haven't looked into like, you know, the parameters of their challenge or whatever, but. Um, I mean, these studies have done it again and again, so I don't, I don't know why they're not getting their money. Because they can't replicate anything under under like actual test conditions. Um, a great video to watch if you want to become familiar with James Randi would be when Johnny Carson had Uri Geller, who was this famous psychic. He had Uri Geller on his show, and Uri Geller was going to do all of his psychic stuff and bench spoons and do all the things that he was famous for. And Uri Geller was a test subject in Project Stargate. He went on the show, James Randi came out and exposed him. It's a it's a fantastic video to watch. At the time, that guy was the big psychic. He was the John Edwards of the 1970s. Well, not only that, when, when uh, Kenneth says he debunked him, he was able to uh, replicate what uh, Yuri was doing. Example, the spoon bending and show how it was done mm -hmm. in an entirely natural and, and, and explainable way. Yeah, the spoon bending, you know, is just charlatan tricks uh, for sure.
So I guess how would uh, you know how would I distinguish between a a charlatan psychic and a a real psychic? Um, well, I guess somebody's trying to make money or get famous. That's a big red flag. Uh, a lot of people who have, uh, and I think everybody has psychic abilities. I think it's natural. I don't think it's supernatural. It's just a talent that some people are better at than others. And it's a talent that can, um, be exercised and strengthened. Uh, a lot of them will just help like this guy. Uh, I mean, these people online will just help, you know, for the sake of helping. So, and not everybody's going to be right all the time. Um, you know, a basketball player isn't a hundred percent, um, all the time. Uh, but so yeah, I, you know, I, I did used to believe in psychic ability abilities. In fact, you know, I thought I had some type of, uh, although I didn't call it a psychic ability, I was at one point convinced I had it because I found that, uh, with the people around me, I was able to determine, you know, I don't want to necessarily say their thoughts, but you know, how they were going to react to things or if they were lying, like I have a pretty good BS detector when someone's lying to me. Um, unfortunately, you know, as I learned more though, I realized I was picking up on, on subtle facial cues and, and body language and, uh, just the things they were saying. And after, after recognizing that, I just, I didn't guess I stopped believing in psychics and considered it more cold or hot reading techniques mm. that they use. Yeah, I can see that. That definitely is part of, you know, that goes on. Um, but you know, it's kind of different than these double blind experiments where they pick a target, a completely random scene on a, on a picture. And then some, suddenly, you know, completely nobody involved in the experiment even knows what the thing is. In some cases, the thing hasn't even happened yet. And somehow these remote viewers can, and what they do is they just pick up, you know, they might draw like a waterfall you know, just random kind of shapes and stuff. And then like, but you know, it ends up being, you know, the scene. Uh, and again, they're not right all the time and not every, the idea is to like not think about it. You know, it just comes automatically. But um, so in the study you had sent me, they, uh, the guy drove a, or sorry, drew a microwave, like it was a microwave emitter. Um, and I, I guess he wasn't completely accurate, but they had determined that because he got enough at right on that guess that there was no other conclusion uh, they could come to outside of psychic ability. Do you think that's reasonable? Um, I'm not, I can't recall exactly that part of it, but uh, you know, that could be, you know, that, that could be a bad thing to like, yeah, just, assume that, you know, this is the only other option for sure. Um, so no, that, that wouldn't be reasonable to, to just assume that, you know, this is the only option. Uh, but sometimes when things are just so random that they're picking up on, like, um, you know, how could it just be chance, like all the things in the world that they could draw, you know, that's, that's called an argument from incredulity. That's another fallacy. That's, I don't know how to explain this. So what else could it be? Therefore, psychic phenomena is real. That's mm -hmm. a, that's a, that's a fallacy. That's a, that's a, one of those cognitive traps I was talking about. Okay. And I'm admitting that, yeah, that can go on for sure. And that's not desirable. 
Well, I mean, it sounds like you're you're open to the possibility that, you know, if we're looking at, for example, uh, the article you sent me that maybe this study itself isn't evidence for a psychic. Is that possible? Or is that accurate? Uh, no, because these studies are far more in depth than we're giving them credit for. And I've got a whole list. I mean, I can't just rattle off, you know, the results of it, but I can, I can send you a, a list of these, uh, feedback considerations in anomalous cognition experiments. And these are all on, you know, CIA's website, target and sender dependencies and anomalous cognition experiments. Um, I mean, it's far beyond even my scope. Uh, I'm not very good at math, but uh, I mean, I, I it's not soundbite friendly is what I'm saying. And right. uh, skeptics like to speak in sound bites and uh, but keep, not really look at the studies. You keep strawmanning skeptics. It's hysterical. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you something about me. I actually work for the Department of Homeland Security and a huge part of my job is fraud detection. I work for a multi-billion dollar department where we interrogate people on a daily basis and we don't use psychics ever for anything. When, when there are super high stakes, when people's lives are on the line, we don't use psychics. And if the CIA had established- uh, No one, no one thing, is saying you should be. <laughs> I'm sorry? Uh, no one is saying that you should be. Nobody, even in these documents, they say this is not something you should rely on completely. It's complimentary. And for your- uh, uses that would not be appropriate. Well, so when would it be appropriate to use? Uh, missing cases, as it has been. Are you open to the possibility that in, in the cases where psychics, which from what I've seen are, you know, it's very slim, where psychics are able to find a missing person, that they're just really, really good at investigations as opposed to jumping to you know having this psychic ability uh no because they're not given any information they're not gonna i mean in some instances i'm sure there's somebody who would go and investigate on their own just to make themselves look like psychics but i mean that's pretty rare i would think and in most cases they don't have the time to investigate they don't have the skill to find things that the police didn't find uh, usually they don't want to know anything about the case. How do you, okay. So I kind of think you're painting it with a broad, broad brush here. Now, uh, you know, I think we agreed earlier on that we, we can all be biased, but it, it does sound like you're not even open to the possibility that there is a natural explanation. Uh, first of all, this is natural. I've never said this is not natural. This is, I, I don't believe this is supernatural. This is a natural skill. Um, but, and I, I did say that there are frauds, there are people who will do what you're saying, but in a lot of cases, that's not an adequate explanation for what's going on. I mean, Project Stargate, I'll just say, this is, this is, this is like, I'll say it, this is, this is like, you know, conspiracy theory stuff. This is. This is, you know, we've got the declassified documents that show that the psychics are real. But then when you actually look at the documents, it's, we shouldn't use this for anything. This is supplemental because it happens at a rate roughly equivalent to guessing. I, 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 I don't understand. Um, what about the, uh, the briefing aid from the department 
uh, or the Defense Intelligence Agency called an overview of Stargate activities. It concluded that remote viewing is a real phenomenon, not degraded by distance or shielding. Um, ability can be improved, has application potential. You have to say that either they're wrong or they're lying. They're either they're wrong or they're lying. Well, I'm not familiar with the study, but I'd want to look at methodologies. I'd want to know if they're saying that a 30% success rate is, you know, this is real, like in like in the other Project Stargate stuff you sent over. I, I'd want to know, you know, what the what the numbers are. I'd want to look at the evidence and how they tested. You're in luck because I put up together a whole book and I, you know, organized it by all this kind of stuff. So, you know, of course, all this stuff is free and you can look it up yourself. But if you want a nice coffee table book, you you can have it. Uh, if you if this study, the one study that I sent you was your first introduction to this and you've already made a conclusion about it, uh, I mean... Well, it's, it's not, and I haven't. Uh, I've, I've talked to people about psychic phenomena for years, and it's always kind of the same thing. Um, it's it's what we talked about with the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. It's uh, confirmation bias. It's just cognitive dissonance piled on top of cognitive trap after cognitive trap. Um, I, I'm open so, so to mind changes with the evidence, though. Why did the government pour millions of dollars into it for uh, two decades? Probably because they wanted to, you know, investigate it and see if there was any uh, credibility to it. Because I would think that, you know, with, with such an astronomical claim, uh, if, if it was real, the, the government would want to to harness that ability and use it. I, I guess where my issue comes they do. My understanding is that they, they did this because able. the Russians were doing it. That's 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 the that's the short answer. Is that there was intel that the Russians were investigating psychic phenomena, and so the Americans jumped in to see if there was anything to it. And they kept going for two decades. That's kind of. I mean, that can be how it goes with government-funded programs. Sometimes, I mean, the the, the government uh, isn't always super duper smart. And I mean, particularly people, uh, you know. An overwhelming amount of people seem to to believe it, so I would understand why they would want to investigate it. I, I guess where I get hung up is the, the studies don't ever seem to be independently corroborated. What, why do you think that is? Uh, that's not true. It's, it's, well, and, and again, to, to just to answer the, the, the previous question, of why would they do this for two decades? Why would they dump millions of dollars into it? Because the stakes are super high. Super, 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 super high. So, you know, the fact that they dumped all these millions of dollars into it, but then, you know, in, in the aftermath of this, you know, and, and even while it was going on, there was an assassination attempt on President Reagan. There was 9-11 in the, in, the, in the years since. I mean, there's example after example after example of things happening that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense if we had access to, to psychics. Uh, well, I've heard a couple of people claim that they they did actually remote view like where Osama was um, and also some other instances in war, like where hostages were. But, you know, they didn't, you know, the higher ups didn't act on it or whatever. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, it would be hard to convince them, really. Um, I don't know. Don't, that's, but that's, but that's, if that's you Google an overview of Stargate activities, um, 
you know, right there, like I said, it concludes that, you know, remote viewing is a real phenomenon, uh, accesses information without the use of normal five senses, on and on. Um, I mean, so. Right, but I can also Google. They're wrong or they're lying. I, I, I can so. find, they, well, then right now, I, I typically, I don't attribute to malice what can be explained by error. So I would, I would err on the side of wrong, not lying. But you're saying Google it. I can I can get Google hits for flat Earth and secret cancer cures that are being hidden by the yeah, Illuminati are, lizard people. Yeah, these are I actual can, studies. I can send you the whole list. No, I understand, but I can find I can find anything on Google. People talking about you know 9/11 conspiracies and and university studies on uh, you know like these. This is psi phenomenon. Uh, this has been studied extensively. It's not the same thing. Are they are they peer reviewed? Studies, absolutely. Why do you? Uh, I'm trying to think of the. And again, you said you said that um, you said something like everybody thinks this is real. Uh, no, most people think this is not real, and you know you get you know ridiculed if you kind of talk about this stuff. I wouldn't say you get, uh, yes, there are people who ridicule it, but I, I personally find it, you know, uh, better suited to attack the, the science or as kind of says, you know, the, the methodology and, you know, unfortunately I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around it. Cause I, I would think this would be a tool that would be want uh, that people would want to utilize. Uh, and sorry, the entire world would want to utilize this tool as opposed to ridicule it. And in fact, I would think many of these scientists would, want to show that this happens and, and prove the naysayers wrong. And it seems like it would be pretty easy for them to just get together uh, and show it. I, I just got one of your links. Yeah, the, the, stakes, uh, the stakes are just too high. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if, they, if more of them thought like you, but they have careers to defend and, uh, you know, egos to defend, really. That's, that's not how science works that's not how scientists that way but uh, it, it, it doesn't the entire everything about science as as a method science depends on proving people wrong and when you're the guy who steps forward to so prove, prove everybody wrong about when you're the guy who steps forward to demonstrate psychic phenomena you're going to collect your nobel prize you're going to be the, at the forefront of all the attention, and then all of science is going to click into gear to prove that guy wrong, because that's how it works. It's all about falsifiability. That, that's, that is the, the cornerstone that all of science is built on. So the way you're characterizing skepticism, the way you're characterizing science right out of the gate, um, tells me that, that you might not, you might want to hang out with more scientists. You may, you may be surprised. Or hang out with okay. us more. Well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I guess my other concern is um, you, you are referencing these scientific studies, but then you also made a point that uh, you're not very good at math. Um, I, I find that to be a little, uh, a, a little concerning. Um, well, I mean, when you're talking about these, you know, if you look at uh, this one, target and sender dependencies uh, in anomalous cognition experiments, uh, Lance, Luke, and May. Uh, it's got some pretty, you know, extensive math. And yeah, I'll admit I'm not very good at math. It doesn't matter. I, you know, 
like I said, I'm not, I'm not really interested in like, it doesn't make any difference to me, like what you guys believe. Uh, But, you know, I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to tell you, you know, where to look for it. And, uh, you know, that's up to you if you're interested in it. Uh, It doesn't really matter to me at all. I'm going to, I'm going to plant a flag and save it because I'm not not the one writing this studies. uh, So I don't need to be good at math. Well, you're writing books, and I, 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 you, you touched on something that's a pet peeve, and this isn't directed at you, but just generally, when people say uh, my truth, uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me because truth is that which corresponds with reality. The truth is that which it, it, the truth is what the facts are. Um, so I can have a perspective, which is a great name for a show, by the way, Ethan. I can have a perspective, <laughs> but in terms of having a truth, I might be able to get a piece of the truth. But the truth is independent of whatever my opinion of it is. That's that's what truth is, sort of by definition. Um, so, you know, and 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 Ethan and I are people who do care very much about whether or not our views and our beliefs correspond with reality. Um, so when we talk about stuff like psychic phenomena, I mean, I'll, I'll say this too, Ethan. I'm not very good at math. Um, when I was in college, I took like the the math for English majors that was like for the, the, you know, kids who couldn't do math good. That, so I don't have time to think about the the data that much on things like this. So I defer to, we have a whole class of people who do have the time and the knowledge and the skills to think about this stuff. We call them experts. And among experts, psychic phenomena, the acceptance of psychic phenomena has been a fringe position for like ever basically, since we developed a scientific method to test claims. Um, psychic phenomena has not been something that most experts take very seriously. And I, I'm wondering, with the stakes, again, with the stakes being as high as they are, why do you think that is? Do, do you really think that it's about this protecting of an, of an ego type of, of thing or, 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 or what? I think it's uh, ignorance and just people haven't put the, invested the time, money and energy you know, as they have other things. Um. I mean, I've personally invested a, a, a lot of time into researching uh, psychic phenomena, particularly after uh, my, my my mother started seeing one in an attempt or a medium in an attempt to uh, communicate with, with my brother who passed away. I, and I can tell you from, from my own experience, I, I, I was just getting frustrated. And, and the more I, I read, the more, unconvinced I became of any of these claims. So I, I guess my, my main question would be if go, going back to your study uh, or any of these studies, if there is these psychics can't offer anything more than 50%, which is the equivalent of chance, why would we accept a, a psychic claim? Uh, well, I think it needs to be developed and worked on um, collectively. Uh, you know, I think if we start accepting it more, um, practicing, it'll get better. So you think the main, the, the, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, the, the main problem is we haven't accepted it? I think it's been an area of ridicule for too long and people are not, you know, very willing to get into things that they don't want to be the nail that sticks out uh, and get hammered first. I think, I think you're absolutely right that people don't want to be the nail that sticks out and get hammered. I think you're absolutely right that it takes, you know, real courage and strength of conviction to, to go against the crowd. Um, 
So I, I don't question at all your sincerity and believing in, in, in what you're talking about. Um, but I think that there's also something to the idea that this stuff is so widely ridiculed because it, it seems that every time researchers really go to work investigating psychics, they turn out to be frauds more often than not. Um, or if they're not frauds, they're people who sincerely believe that they have powers, but they are essentially like lucky guessing their way through careers as, as psychics or mediums, or I think the term now is grande actually, uh, Ethan, not medium. Um, but it's, it's, that's a, that's a Starbucks joke, Ethan. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be, you know, grande <laughs> medium. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Um, I've had that happen going to Starbucks, like I want a medium and they're like, it's grande. And I'm like, okay, I want, you know what I meant? I wanted the thing. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, do, do you think that that ridicule is, and, and, and I should clarify that even if every single time we investigate a psychic claim, it turns out to be spurious, it turns out to be not, not real, um, that doesn't mean that there's not some true psychic out there just waiting to be found. So we should continue investigating stuff and being skeptical and, and doing the work. Um, but do you think that ridicule is, is earned? at this point with regard to psychics and, and public perception generally? I mean, if you, of course there's going to be frauds and those are going to be the ones that get the most attention. But if you look at the research, Stanford research Institute on this, uh, on psi phenomenon. Uh, I think that gets, you know, too boring for people and they don't, I mean, they're not ri ridiculing that they're not really even looking at, at the stuff. That's the truth. Uh, I think a lot of the people who will criticize stuff without even having looked at it. Well, I, I, if you say stuff far away. Studies uh, as soon as we get off here. Yeah, I'll take a look at anything that you send over. Um, are, are, do you believe that there are any other um, conspiracies out there that people should sort of be aware of or red-pilled on? Um, let's see. Well, uh, Another subject, uh, one of my books is uh, MK Ultra, and mind uh, reading, right. Are you, I'm sure you guys are familiar. Or mind control is that correct? Yeah, another uh, you know shady CIA um, uh, adventure into uh, mind control in the 50s and 60s. Um, but that's another one that kind of red pilled me early on. Uh, a lot of these things, it's so funny that like you wouldn't believe them, but the documents exist. Uh, like somebody said, the CIA was doing mind control experiments, giving people a bunch of LSD and um, all these weird torture things. Uh, you wouldn't believe them except for the documents that actually exist that say, you know, that happened. Um, so that's I like to give people the actual documents in the books. These are just compilations of public domain stuff uh, with commentary. Uh, you know, they should be able to look at it themselves. Um, so what was particularly uh, of those articles most convincing to you? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I like uh, this one point, what I said about uh, the the claim that aspirin lowers the risk of heart attacks and the, uh, you know, chance of probability being like 10 times higher than that. Um, so, but here's the thing with, with aspirin. Uh, I, 
I, I don't want to sound glib, but you know, a aspirin is a real thing, and we can like in, in, investigate that. Where as psychics and mind reading, it, it isn't necessarily convincing just yet, or it is in well, and, much harder to investigate. And the claims about aspirin aren't like some sort of benchmark. I mean, what if they're? I mean, they could be wrong about aspirin. I'm fully open to if, if there's data indicating that that. You know, National Academy of Science or physicians everywhere, are, and everybody's wrong about aspirin. Then I just want to see the evidence for that, and I'd want to look at their testing methodologies and all, and all that. Um, it, it's, it's just a really interesting thing because when you talk about something like MK Ultra, I mean, there are a number of conspiracies that you know can be fully talked about that are real things. Um, you know, MK Ultra happened. Um, you know, exactly what happened. It seems to be something that people get into the weeds on, but the CIA was looking at different interrogation and mind control techniques and got way out of hand and abusive and criminal with their activities. Um, it's things like the, uh, um, I mean, the prism affair, the, the whole thing with the NSA, um, with Edward Snowden coming out and talking about, you know, that that's a conspiracy that was legit. The Tuskegee syphilis experiments. That's, that's a horrific chapter in our history. That's a legit, yeah. uh, you know, um, the uh, FBI forensic debacle where, where people, there were, there were methods in forensic labs that were messed up and people were, were covering each other's backs and lying about it and sending innocent people to jail. Um, so, but but what, what seems interesting to me is that the fact that there are legitimate conspiracies out there provides cover for things like moon landing hoaxes and anti-vaxxers and QAnon and a, a whole host of other 9-11 conspiracies, all the, all these things that are out there. So it becomes, I think even more important in an era where we're just constantly being flooded with information, um, especially by, by social media companies who have a vested interest in keeping us clicking on things, keeping us watching the YouTube videos. So they want to feed us the most salacious, you know, inflammatory, yeah, they, I mean, there's a there's an interest in, in in telling you the government's lying to you about everything, and here's the Alex Jones video that proves it. Um, it becomes more important now, maybe than ever before, to have really really sound epistemology. So, I wonder what 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 are the what are the methodologies that you apply when you're evaluating different claims to see, you know, what's true, what's not. Well, if it has evidence uh, from universities, uh, government papers, this type of thing would be pretty compelling. In these cases, I mean, what do you? I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like just dismiss MK Ultra because it might cause people to th believe other conspiracies? No, no absolutely don't not. Don't accept it until you have a you know uh, reason to believe it's true. So I, I, that, that's kind of the approach I take when when conspiracies come out. I don't just you know accept them, or I I also don't reject them un, until I've done mm -hmm. the research and, and looked into it myself, and then I can determine you know whether I think it, it's true or not. I'll tell you with conspiracies what a couple of the metrics that I like to use, um, and you can let me know if you think this is just me just revealing my bias here. Uh, it could be. Um, I. There's been really, really good um, papers that have been published about the, the statistical likelihood of large groups of people being able to keep secrets for long periods of time. 
Um, you can see, you know, based on how many employees were at NASA, for example, during the moon landing, um, there's, there's really good mathematical modeling out there of how long you can expect a group of people that large to keep a secret. For, for the, a moon landing hoax, it's like three and a half years tops. Um, and, and it varies based on the size. Smaller organizations are going to be able to keep secrets longer. Big ones are going to leak faster. Um, with things like the NSA and the PRISM scandal, that leaked in like six years, which is exactly what you would expect given the number of people who knew about it. Um, so I look at that. I look at how long has the, the, the conspiracy allegedly been going on and how many people are being expected to keep this secret. Because I can't even plan a surprise party for my fiance without someone talking. And so the idea that the government's going to be able to keep psychics under the lid for like 50 years, that's, 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 that's hard for me to, to go along with. Um, and the other thing I look well, at- under the lid. It's all out in the open. Well, the, all but, the project uh, Stargate stuff is public domain. You can look it up yourself. Right. No, I, I'm with you on that. But but the idea that there's going to still be this vested interest of people who know the psychic stuff is real, but they're going to keep keep the public from accepting it because they've got to protect their their jobs as as scientists or researchers or, or, or that kind of thing is, is where I start to to run into you know trouble. And the other thing I look at is is if that's the case, uh, I think. They probably just have dismissed it like a lot of people did without actually looking at it. Why, why do you make the assumption that everybody just dismisses it without looking at it? Uh, because I have two skeptics here who have not looked at any of the studies. <laughs> well, I've, I've looked at I've looked at stuff from James Randi's, you know, from 50 years of James Randi debunking psychics. Um, I am absolutely nowhere near as familiar with yeah, the, the CIA. It can't be real, so you look for stuff that debunks it. That's I've already said it. I've already said that I'm open to the idea of it being real. It, all it would take is is, yeah, is good evidence. That, but, I mean, right, well, what about the uh, Manhattan Project? Um, how long? I'm I'm curiously I, curious. I don't know uh, how long that was kept secret. The development of the atom bomb. Uh, that was I kept secret for quite a long time. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Um, I'll give you really quick the other the other thing that I look at when it comes to things like conspiracy theories is um, if it affects rich people. Um, so like I, I talked to a guy last year who was super, super duper into uh, chemtrails and was like the wealthy ruling class is gassing the air to control our minds. Right. And I'm like, the, the, the wealthy class still breathes the air. So, I mean, if, if they're pumping stuff in the air to make us all, you know, more compliant or something, um, you know, that, that, that it, this gets complicated or, or the idea that there's like a secret cancer cure. Meanwhile, guys like Steve Jobs are dying of cancer. If there was, so, so, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, these are not perfect metrics by any means, but I, yeah, I just, I think that, um, I think for guys like Ethan and I, the default position is to just not believe stuff until there's good evidence in front of us. Um, mm -hmm. Understand, I'm I'm a curious dude, and the the idea that there in could every be, sense uh, of the word, yeah, I, I, he <laughs> Kenneth knows that to be true because I wait a second, <laughs> um, because <laughs> I am literally like constantly asking questions. I'm bothering him. I'm bothering my friend Puck. I am always looking into these things because they fascinate me. And I, I assure you, like anything supernatural, um, I, I want to believe it. 
Like the idea that this could be true is exciting to me. I'm not dismissing it because I don't want to believe it. I'm dismissing it because there hasn't been good evidence to support it. Okay. Um, and and all, all, all I would suggest is you're going to send me some reading material. Um, I would recommend there is a book by, uh, oh man, crap. Hang on. Give me five seconds. I'm blanking on his name and I don't want to say it now. Have Sorry. you started doing book recommendations? Is this a new Dave, thing? Dave, Dave Worley's book, uh, Fantastic Fallacies and Where to Find Them. I really am good. halfway into it and I absolutely love it. And honestly, learning like fallacious arguments has been one of the best things that has ever happened to me because it started to weed out things I was believing that I didn't have a good reason. And I would definitely encourage uh, not just you, but everybody watching to, to, to study these fallacies. Uh, because to me, it, it did me a, a tremendous service. It got me to where I'm at today. But, uh, you know, I assure you, if I'm wrong and, and these supernatural things are real, I want to know. Because in the back of my head, understand when I think about these things, I have one goal in mind, that there is the possibility that I could communicate with my brother who is no longer here. So I assure you, I am excited about these things. And if they're true, I want to know them. But I just, unfortunately, you know, haven't seen good evidence to believe them. Um, but with that, I do know you're, you're running out of time. So I did want to thank you uh, for calling in. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, send you some of those studies to look over. Yeah, uh, please do. I'll get them over to Kenneth and we'll uh, review them. And I, uh, I awesome. hope you uh, have a good rest of your week, man. Okay, you too. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye. I'm going to piggyback on you talking about fantastic fallacies and, and David's book is fantastic. Um, it's a, it's an excellent introduction to these concepts and the examples that he uses are, are very, very good. Um, for anyone who checks that out and wants to go even a little bit deeper, I think everybody, I think this should be mandatory reading in every high school in the United States is this book right here, thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman, um, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky, uh, won a Nobel Prize in 2002 for their work on decision-making. And this book gets into all the ways that your brain is bad at making decisions. You're bad at assessing information. You're quick to jump to bad conclusions. And it happens to all of us. There are these cognitive traps that we all fall into. And if you want to go super deep in, in understanding kind of the how and the why of your brain kind of constantly messing up stuff, this is a great resource um, I highly recommend it to everybody. Okay, that's it. No, that's good. You know, and uh, yeah, Kenneth, I am, when I first started doing this, I just started just, I was like, screw it. I'm going to start a YouTube channel and just run with it. And I, you know, I think I did a, a pretty good job of making a splash, but now uh, I find my position where I, I'm in the position where I have to learn a lot more. Because I watch you, like you, uh, Puck, um, and you know people that come on my show. Like I, I watch you guys talk, and I'm always amazed at how well you can articulate uh, your, your thoughts and how well you can break these things down. And it's like I can't wait to be able to do that. So now I'm putting my time to learning. Like I've taken all your podcasts, and that's all I've been doing. Like while I'm at work, Monday through Friday now. All I'm doing is listening to podcasts. I'm like, I you're gonna, to you're gonna get addicted. There's this, yeah. 
I mean, I, I think that it's, it's just, it's a, I think the best thing that, that can happen to a person is, is being aware, being, being like really having to confront the idea that they probably don't know anywhere near as many things as they think they know. And then using that as a jumping off point to be curious, to be hungry, to be skeptical, and to just kind of drink from the, the fire hose of knowledge that is out there. Um, once you start, it's, uh, you know, it's like a Pringles can, you know, or Lay's. What is the one we, we one you can't stop? Well, it's true because honestly, I, I want to get to a point where I can handle all of this on my own and break down anything someone presents in front of me, you know, like you and other people. And, I, can't uh, I can't do that. There's no, I, there's, and if you undersell yourself, dude. No. Well, th 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 this is the thing that, that I've been learning over the years um, is that what you know is so much less important than just how you engage in conversations with people. Um, being able to admit that you don't know stuff is a great starting point for that. Um, when Axel was starting to talk about all these studies, I mean, he's clearly done a bunch of research on stuff that I haven't read. So I can't really speak to those things and trying to engage with him and be like, well, those studies are great or those studies are crap. I would be pulling those opinions right out of my ass. And that is not a place where any of us should be pulling things out unless you're into that i mean i'm not I'm not judging anybody if they put things in take things out you know whatever you want to do um we're we're humanists we be happy <laughs> sorry what were you you said i was smart i don't think so i it's i just try to talk to people honestly <laughs> that's all that's it Kenneth, you always you always make me laugh, dude. <laughs> Do we have more callers? <laughs> no, we don't have any more callers. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, um, I, I tried to get Oki to to come on. Uh, one of the people. I, on I my cannot express my Facebook. disappointment um, that that didn't happen. I know. Um, Hopefully, I can get him to, to get him to call in. Uh, maybe next week when Brain Bugs on. There you go. Yeah. But you know what's exciting about this is I feel like. I, I get to learn as I do this. And granted, I'm sure everyone thinks that, but it's like looking back on my videos from the first time, you know, I met a pre-sup versus today. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm not improving as fast as I would like to, but I am improving and I'm proud of that and I'm happy. And, you know, one day, Kenneth, I want to be able to go toe to toe with you. And I don't mean in a debate, but I mean like uh, being able to keep up with everything you say. <laughs> Like not in a debate, but like Batman, like in an alley. I'm the karate chop you. Totally. No. <laughs> but again, it's I. I really think that um, it, like the a book like Thinking Fast and Slow, books like what David did. These these are 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 books that are about how to think, and these are. I mean, when we talk about these are these are skills, being able to identify fallacies and stuff. Um, I've learned so much from listening to, you know, guys like, you know, Matt Dillahunty and, um, you know, Eric and V and, and Jenna and, and, and all of the, the, the incredible content creators that are out there in the you know, skeptical community. Seth Andrews. I mean, the, there's, there's so many people, Aaron Ra, that, that I, I'm just absorbing skills that these people have developed. And the great thing about skepticism is it works all the time. You know, one of the best things I ever learned for, from Matt is that I don't know is not uh, an acceptable answer for God, or I don't know, therefore God. Like when yeah. he 
when he first said that to me, that was one of the things that resonated with resonated with me most because I found that for the majority of my life, I was making that argument. What else could it be? Yeah, it's God. And like when I heard that, it was just it's like everything just fell away, and I was like, well, not believing that anymore. Like I, I was. Yeah. I've said before, I was one of the lucky ones. It was kind of easy for me not to believe in God. There's a, there's, there's a, when, when people say, I don't know, um, there's a, there's a feeling of, of inadequacy. There's a feeling that like something's wrong with you. Um, it's, it's very similar to when you're confronted with the evidence that you're wrong about something. Um, there's really interesting studies out there indicating that people who are really like ideologically invested in certain positions, if you hit them with the evidence, their, their results of that, their, their response is to dig deeper, is to double down on their position. Um, so again, and you know, it's all, these, these are, these are cognitive traps that you can become aware of that you can learn your way out of. Um, and, and just try to be, I mean, really all any of us can do is try to be less wrong all the time, you know? It's, there's a term for that, like identity protective cognition or yeah. something. Like that. Yeah. And, and, and it is fascinating. I mean, I have found that I've done that too. Like when someone says I'm wrong, I'm like, no. And then, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've made that mistake and I'd like to not make that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And believe as many true things as possible and get rid of all the false crap. Yeah. And, and, and the question of, of how we get there is, um, I'm just increasingly convinced. I was talking earlier today with, with a couple people about this. I, I think that bad epistemology um, is like a, a colossal threat to our species that, um, that failing to, to exercise our, our critical thinking faculties is, um, is leading us down some pretty terrifying paths. Um, and, uh, the, and again, these are, these are learned. You don't have to be a smart person to be, a rational person. You don't have to have some Mensa IQ to, to just, you know, be able to sort of follow the steps to, um, to not falling into, into certain traps. Um, right. yeah. Well, you know, we don't have any other callers. We got yeah, a an hour. So, I mean, I'm good with that. I'm here for you. I, you know, I was, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm on board the Ethan train. So <laughs> whenever, whenever we arrive at the station, I'm going to keep going on this metaphor. The conductor is going to let me off and I'm going to pick up my bags and transfer to a different train. Have you not been paying attention? I have no idea where the train, the station is. I'm just like, dude, I'm literally, I'll be the first to admit, I have no idea what I'm doing at all. I I literally just started a YouTube channel, found StreamYard and was like, okay, this works. And I just started going, but I don't know. I, I, I have a goal and that's to keep going. Uh, that's to continue to have friendly dialogue with people I, I disagree with. Um, I want to lend a compassionate ear to these people because understand the reason I'm more patient is because in my eyes, I was these people. I was believing these things without good reason. And I, I wasn't intentionally trying to believe crap sorry that's mean i wasn't intentionally trying to believe like yeah. shit yeah okay. um, I'm sorry. um i thought i was using everything at my disposal 
to come to a, a justifiable conclusion. And I, I was wrong, but it, it wasn't out of like malice or stupidity. It was just, I, I didn't understand. And that's why I want to be more patient with these people because the second they see us get more defensive and we, we go on the attack, they get defensive and they stop listening to us. I want them to listen to what I have to say, to what we have to say. I want to be able to do this and change people's minds. Yeah. Well, one of the most beneficial things I think of Axel's call was was him voicing his conceptions of what skeptics are um, and and how skeptics think. Um, it's it's an important thing. I think that there's a, a, a negative tendency among a lot of skeptics to act like they shed some irrational belief and then now they've arrived. Now you are a skeptic and you don't believe any stupid shit anymore, but we all believe stupid shit. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Matt Dillon, him and Jenna Belk made this point on Sunday's episode of AXP that skepticism is a process. It's not something that you ever arrive at and you are now the enlightened one who doesn't have any, you know, you, you can't fall into a cognitive trap and you know, you, all of us have stupid, you know, irrational beliefs, everyone. And I find that people, uh, we do have a caller, by the way, which I'll get to in one moment. Um, but I, I, I do find that people tend to use skeptic in a derogatory sense. Like he, you know, cited professional skeptics. Like, yeah. Which, you know, we're, not, we're not getting paid. Uh, no. um, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I mean, there are skeptics out there that are, well, I guess they're not skeptics that they're dicks and dismissing evidence without actually investigating it. But yeah, that kind um, of wouldn't be skeptical to be right. like, I know the thing and anything you show me isn't going to change my mind. That's super duper not skeptical. Exactly. Super duper. It's a scientific term. Super exactly. Duper. Um, are you ready they, for our last caller? Like an ex exponential of the super, the, the duper. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for a call. All right. All right. We have uh, Grumpy. It says, call me grumpy. You're on with Kenneth and Ethan. How are you? I'm doing fine. I thought I would call and tell you about a uh, thing called the spook light, which is a phenomenon that is uh, that occurs on this road in the southwest corner of Missouri, real close to the Oklahoma border. It's been, uh, it was first reported like in the 1800s. And, uh, uh, sometime uh, several years ago, the Army Corps of Engineers came out and uh, investigated. And um, I think there was a report on the wiki page that said that around 2014, it was uh, false. But I'm I'm not sure about that. I did see um, something but I'm not sure that I was ever out there uh, sober. So okay. I don't know what I saw. So what do you, what, what do you think it was? I have no idea. It, it, it was a light and it changed colors and it moved back and forth across the road. And if we walk towards it, it seems to move further away and other people would have they uh, claim they saw it move towards them or move through their car. Um, I don't know. It changed colors. It would split into, but 
you know, like I said, I saw it as a teenager and I was usually loaded. So I don't know what I saw. <laughs> so you're not necessarily convinced it's, it, it, it's uh, like aliens or anything supernatural or whereabouts are you at on this? I saw something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, I I don't think I really settled on uh, I mean, I had no problem saying, oh, that's just weird. I don't know what it is. It's weird. Nobody else seems to know what it is either. There's a little museum out there on the road. Um, they have a Facebook page. I don't think they let people... It used to be like a place that like a a uh, redneck hangout okay. i don't know <laughs> people would go hang out you know and you know and and a party on on the road and and try to see if they could see it and, now are, are, are you from missouri i am now have you now have you heard it called just the spook light the hornet spook light the joplin spook light what what, what did they call it when you were out there I just always knew it as a spook light, but yeah, it's listed under Hornet spook light or Joplin spook light. Have you have you ever looked at any of the um, the possible explanations for it? I recently skimmed through the wiki page on it. Yeah. It, well, it's it's an interesting thing because the 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 earliest photos that I'm aware of of the spook light are like 120 years old. Um, they go way, way back. Um, and you know, our listeners wouldn't know that we're talking about, you know, a very hilly part of, of the sort of the Southern Missouri, Northern Oklahoma border area, right? Um, my understanding is that the spook light phenomena started to be described right around the same time that uh, a highway was, was going through the area and that, um, uh, people have um, sort of explained away the spook light as lights from one of the, the highways about like 10 miles away being being visible from this, this one road and that the lights sort of come in and out and go um, with the cars. Have you, have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I'd be interested in looking. Here's me being skeptical about, about the explanation. I'd be interested in looking at if there are photos of the spook light from before when there were cars. Ooh. Right. That's what I was wondering. I was trying to figure out when cars became popular enough yeah. in this area. Or if those roads were used by wagons where people would have lanterns, maybe I, I would, I would want to my, as a skeptic, my immediate impulse is to want to blow a hole in the commonly accepted um, explanation of it being light from the highway um, because I'm under the impression that there are photos of the spook light from if not right around the time cars were a thing like just before so um, I yeah I, I'd want to know I'd want to test it I'd want to do more more research but I, I am familiar with what you're talking about I've got family down uh, down in Missouri oh cool yeah. awesome well, Grumpy, I want to thank you for taking the time yeah. to call. And you don't sound so grumpy. Oh, I'm glad I was yeah. able yeah, to get conversation, you know, with my old age and cognitive decline, things happen. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> happening to all of us, right? 
You're you're not old. Don't say that. Um, but I do hope you. Uh, uh, I I do hope you enjoy the rest of your day and have a really good week. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Right. Bye. Yeah, Ethan, you should look it up. The, the old timey photos of the spook light from like a hundred years ago, the old black and white photos. It looks super super creepy. Um, and I could see why people would be going down this road. That's not, you know, it's not close to the highway. I mean, it's, it's like a solid eight to 10 miles away. Um, and being like, Oh my God, where's this thing that like floats and then disappears, um, and turning it into a bit of a local, uh, you know, legend. I will, I will definitely take a look at it. When I was growing up in San Diego, we had a screaming tree. That was the thing you'd hike out to, it was in, uh, I want to say Lakeside, if there's any Southern Californians watching, they might correct me on this, but me and a friend of mine, we were teenagers. We took a couple of girls we had crushes on and we were going to like go out to the screaming tree and see if, you know, them being spooked out would, you know, make us look like heroes by not being spooked out. But then we were super duper scared and like being, you know, every rustle in the bushes were like, you know, oh my God, it's a mountain lion. We're all going to die. So it, it kind of backfired on us because we weren't that cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there was, there was a, uh, allegedly a shrieking tree and we went out there and and there was a tree that did not uh, scream at us. Well, yeah. I, I wish I could have seen this screaming tree. Yeah. Uh, I went to a, a, uh, oh, what's the name of this place? It's bachelor's Grove. The, the supposed scariest cemetery in Illinois. Um, yeah. I, I, I went there. They don't let you go at night, at least at the time I went. Cause of the ghosts. I got that. That's a liability thing. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently police, because people were going there so frequently, uh, you know, uh, essentially police started monitoring it uh, constantly. And I, I went with a, a, a family member who is more susceptible to supernatural beliefs. And, and she's going over like some of the graves and she's like, I'm really, I'm really sensing something here. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, like, yeah, I, I do. I want to believe it, but. I, I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. It was just a cemetery. And, yeah. and I think people sometimes get in their own heads. They'll convince themselves that something is spooky or haunted. And then all of a sudden, anything they hear, they they, they think is, is a ghost or something supernatural. And that's a huge thing. Personal experience is a, is a you know, a thing that we should all be skeptical of our own experiences. You, you know, you might, there, there was in San Diego, there's a, a, a haunted house called the Whaley house and they do tours of it. And it, then they'll tell you scary, you know, ghost stories when you walk through. I remember going through that when I was a little kid and being like walking through this area where like it was supposed to be haunted and feeling really cold and being like, Oh my gosh, Ooh. I was cold right there and not over there. So that's where the ghosts are. That's science. <laughs> and like, but, but, but my personal experience, um, really in that instance shouldn't have been convincing to me. And it certainly shouldn't be convincing to anybody else. Um, if I can't demonstrate, if I can't present evidence, uh, you know, I can say I was cold because of the ghost or I was abducted by aliens or I, you know, talked to God and, and nobody should think that that's a compelling reason to believe anything I have to say. Yeah. Um, oh, hi, SJ. We were visited by a cemetery all the time with our friends. We'd pull citizens arrest on the couples who were in their cars. <sighs> SJ, it's opposite of wingmanning. This is, you know. Yeah, you're supposed to be helping them out, SJ. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I would be. I would be pretty scared too if someone busted me in my car. I, I used to have a spot like, or actually, this girl found the spot for me where we'd go and make out after high, you know, after high school. 
you know, everyone went there. So when she asked me, I was like, yep, we're totally making out. I was all excited. (laughs) Anyway, you were, you were psychic, I guess. I mean, you predicted ahead of time what was going to (laughs) happen. I, we gotta, we gotta call Axel back so I can apologize. Anyway, skepticism. Um, where can people find you and what do you have going on? Um, so I, uh, I am, am <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a YouTuber, um, but, uh, wait, not, wait, 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 I am, I am, say that again. I'm, I'm out as a, as a YouTuber, uh, as of right now. Are you a YouTuber? I, I've been waiting for The level of excitement is just totally disproportionate to, anyway. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got a channel and, and, and uh, what I'm beginning to do is make videos talking about skepticism um, and uh, moving forward, it's it's sort of taking shape of uh, what I think the, the plan is going to be is to comment on more on current events and how to be skeptical in light of things that are happening in the world. So people can, rather than the more abstract, just educational video type stuff that I was originally setting out to do. Um, so, yeah, so that's a, that's a thing. Um, you can look for me on, on the YouTubes. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. And uh, when when Ethan will have me, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on here. I love when you come on. Actually, you know what I got to do right now is I, I had this great idea to have you as like the surprise host. But because I put all question marks as who's the guest is, I didn't mm-hmm. have any information. But I am adding it to the YouTube uh, <laughs> description right it, now. It looked like a guy with a bag over his head in the on the... <laughs> On the thing, <laughs> I clicked on it and it was like, "Who's hosting?" And it's like a guy, uh, some disfigured guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you can check Kenneth out at YouTube.com/slash Kenny Leonard, yep. which I don't know how you got a custom URL already because usually you don't get those. So you. I'll have- tell anybody who goes and takes a look. Prepare to be whelmed. I wouldn't say over or under. Just. <laughs> Right in the middle there, um, but we're gonna we're gonna start cranking out more. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking forward to more videos. Um, one second, I've almost got the description updated. Kenny Leonard, sorry, this trying is, to. That's what the people tune in for, real time. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> check out Kenny. By the way, if uh, you like what I do, consider donating as, or signing up for my Patreon, uh, where you can donate just as little as one dollar a month. And Look, don't consider don't consider just go do it okay this is not a thing to be on the fence of, of, about just just go do it and yeah. smash that like and subscribe button while you're at it yes um and thank you to my patrons city plaza kenneth leonard kathy leto ian davenport best name ever uh and blazing wizard pope uh you guys are all awesome uh, and and i appreciate you doing it please make sure you talk Check out Kenneth's channel. He is your friendly neighborhood atheist approved. Hey, stamped. So, uh, yeah, everyone, I, I hope you have a good week. Uh, what do I got going on tomorrow? Ooh, youtube.com slash news is part two of my interview with two other Republicans. Um, I'm quite excited about that one. And then uh, on this channel at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Jenna Belk will be hosting the Women of Atheism Roundtable. That's going to be great. That's going to be fantastic. And then lastly, on my other channel, this Sunday with uh, with Jenna Belk, our weekly show is every, uh, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time. We'll be talking about mental health and sex. So 
it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, anyways, Kenneth, uh, as always, it's been a genuine pleasure. And thanks for uh, taking the time to do this with me. It's been super fun. Super duper fun, even. Super yeah. duper. And everyone in the audience, have a good week. And wear a mask. <laughs>